You're going to remember this every day for the rest of your life. If you want to get to a goal, if you want to get to your dream, you've got to focus on all the little steps. You have to put in your time. You have to be patient and you have to enjoy the process. Whatever you're doing now, whatever you want to be great at, whatever you want to be special at, I'm sure you, you may be already be good at it, but to be extraordinary, you have to do extra. I firmly believe that we are all here for a very specific reason, to do something truly extraordinary. But what are you going to do to get there? Welcome to the Magna Method Podcast, and I am lucky enough to sit down with Mr. Terry Frendo, the founder and publisher of Inside Fitness Magazine and the newly founded Inside Fitness for Women as well. Welcome to the show, Terry. Hey, thanks for having me on here. I'm very excited to have you on. Terry is in town uh, shooting um, with Mr. Arthur Arsenic. Arthur's shooting a uh, male cover, a female cover. He shoot, they shoot all kinds of people. It's an incredible magazine. I love the magazine myself. Inside Fitness Magazine. Go check it out. So, Terry, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and, and how you kind of got your start in, in the fitness industry. All right. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a long story. I'll keep it short. But um, I've been involved in the uh, publishing and fitness world since the late 90s, 1998. I started I was very privileged to uh, get a job with Muscle Mag International at the time, and with Oxygen Magazine, uh, I was uh, literally like a security guard the week before, and went in, and, and Bob Kennedy uh, interviewed me, and he just looked at me, he's like, hey boy, he's like, you look like you, uh, you could do a good job, and, and the next thing you know, he put me in control of all the advertising and marketing. Tell, tell everyone who may not know who Bob Kennedy, uh, about Bob Kennedy. Bob Kennedy uh, basically is a legend in the fitness and bodybuilding world. Uh, he started Muscle Mag International in the mid-70s. I think it was 1974. He was very much a pioneer. He had a vision when it came to bodybuilding. He started like one of the first supplement stores in Canada. Uh, they did quite a few things. It was his Canadian-based magazine, but it did a lot of sales into the United States. Yeah, he was a, a serious guy. I remember meeting him. I did a, a shoot for a Maximum Fitness magazine yes. back in the day. Yep. And he came out, and I was shooting, I think it was with Paul Busetta, and possibly, I can't quite remember, and he repositioned everything, and he said, shoot it like this. Nice yeah. meeting you, and he walked away. Yeah, he was truly a bodybuilding fan. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was something that he had a passion about. I learned so much, like basically being his right-hand guy on the whole marketing, advertising side. And he was a teacher before that. So he was always the kind of guy who would sit down and talk to you and explain to you how things worked. You know what I mean? This is why the circulation, the photos, and black and white photos versus color photos. He, he would always go on and explain to me. And it was, I always just listened. I soaked up everything I could from him. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, so you started, were you always a, a fitness person and bodybuilding person growing up and not necessarily? I, you know, I was in like high school and in college I was lifting weights and all. I was a big fan of the magazines. I used to, I used to love, you know, reading through and seeing what was going on. Um, and then, you know, it's just one of those opportunities that just kind of came up and, and I really like sports and fitness and, and what really motivates people mm. and the whole positive side of people changing their lives. So I kind of got addicted to it. Right. Yeah. So you're working, uh, uh, with Bob in, in, Tell us a little bit about that process. Like, you know, you say you learned so much, but as you were learning so much, when did the wheel start turning your head? Maybe I'm going to try to do my own thing. You know, honestly, I, I would have stayed there for a long time. Uh, I never, ever had the thought of starting my own magazine until basically I was I was out of, I left Muscle Mag in 2005, took a job down here actually in the States, and that didn't quite work out. And then actually a friend of mine was like, hey, 
He's like, you know a lot about, you know, fitness magazines and all. You should do your own. And I was like, no, no, I'll work for you. Give me a job. I'll work for you. And uh, no, they're like, hey, you should do this. And I just thought about it, thought about it. And then, you know, it's just one of those moments where I'm like, you know what? I think I could do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did. I remember telling people like, hey, I'm going to start a fitness magazine. I actually had lunch with Bob uh, after that. And I told him. And, you know, he looked at me. He's like, you sure you want to do that? Like, this is not something <laughs> I'm like, hey, Bob, I'm, I'm going to do a Canadian. It was a different angle. We were right. doing like an international version and a Canadian version. And, I, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, the one thing I just looked around at that time and I saw all the big magazines, but the circulation in Canada wasn't as strong. Right. And, and I started to do the math. I went to GNC and a lot of the uh, mom and pop uh, retail shops and we were just doing free distribution. Inside Fitness was a free magazine that was given out. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it just one of those ideas, I think with anything, as soon as you, you feel you really can believe and you own that idea, you should go after it. Uh, do absolutely. It. Absolutely. That's great advice. And especially coming from someone who, who's lived it. At what point did you start to understand, and it could have been you know many years before, what hard work is like you like holy moly this is hard you know when i when i I worked for about eight years at muscle bag and i was a hard worker i thought i was i would go in early stay an hour late and i thought yeah i'm I'm sending you know emails at eight o'clock at night and and it was that was nothing for me i I after that i was like starting the magazine was 12 hours 14 hours 16 hour days non-stop we would work like weeks on weeks on weeks but I never looked at it as work. I still don't look at this as work. This is something I love to do. There's a passion. So I mean, how many time, you know, how many hours will you spend in a day to do something right. that you love? I, I, I can only imagine how much time and effort goes into the uh, production of a magazine. You I know, have. with the yeah, publishing magazine now, two magazines. There's a lot of the one thing too. There's a lot of details involved. So you can go on forever. I can work on an issue. You know, it's good that we have timelines and we have to hit those timelines. Right. And in the early days, it was quite the challenge because we didn't even really have too many computers. We didn't even have uh, an, a network connection. We were doing everything off iPods. It's basically as bare bones as you can get. Uh, and the people I had around me were all kind of believe. Once they, you know, people believed it and, and I believed it, it just went, you know, like magic, basically. What, can you tell? talk to us about the, the early hurdles and when you were putting this team together Talk to us about like you know the formulation of the team first, and, and who you had to have on your team, and the type of person that you were looking for when you you know uh, started to well get that makeup of your team. Yeah, I mean it was was a, a shock because I had about thirty employees under me at Muscle Mag, two assistants, you know, salespeople, everything, and then I went and worked from my house. I was licking my own envelopes. I was stuffing. Every, I was doing everything I possibly could do. You name it. Uh, I had a couple of buddies who were graphic designers. Uh, I'm, I'm not the editor of the magazine. I essentially help put the articles together and work with people like yourself who know what you're talking about, what you're doing. Uh, I'm on the creative side. You know what I mean? I had a vision, uh, especially at that time, too, with the whole Canadian angle. Uh, I called it Inside Fitness for a reason. I really wanted to get inside people's brains and really pick apart why are you doing this you know how come uh not just typical stuff that's one thing i did realize magazines were just doing the same thing and i want to do something to take a, a different take so i had a couple of guys that were working they did the graphics uh, a lot of you know good friends joe santos over here was working uh, in the early days um you know it, it was one of those things that it just started off and it just started to multiply i won't lie to you as soon as we started to see get feedback Facebook was new at the time right. and I was really, I was on Facebook in the early days and it was actually a really good way to measure like, uh, interest. Um, yeah. So it was, it was kind of, 
it just started to grow from there from there and it was there a moment where you're like wow this is this is something like the, the maybe it was the production of the first magazine the first cover then all of a sudden you put it out and you started getting feedback when did you start to know hey we're on to something special here oh um you know it's a tricky one we've covered a lot of the canadian contests bodybuilding shows i would go all over the country i was shaking hands getting on stage handing out awards it was really cool i started to see, i started to feel it but once we got onto actual newsstands in Canada and I, I walked into a Walmart or a Chapters and I saw the magazine, that was cool. You know, that was really, it was something that was... Surreal, right? Yeah. And then obviously people messaging me emails, letters, phone calls. I mean, every day though, I feel like I'm just living that dream and, and there's always new things that uh, excite me about what we're doing. Cool. And at what point did you start to think, you know, I need to have a, you know, the female women's version of this magazine because I know that's out and I know that's killing it right now. When did you, you know, come to that realization that, you know, there's a huge market as we know there is. Well, well I started on, uh, working at Muscle Mag when Oxygen was their fourth issue. And at the time it was very, it was brand new. Madonna had biceps was big in the news where right? it was a big deal. And, and, uh, so I always kind of had that interest. I saw it grow. I saw Oxygen actually get way bigger than Muscle Mag. And then when I started Inside Fitness, people don't really actually know this. A couple of years into it, I, try, I was going to start a female fitness magazine called Brava. And I had registered the name, spent money, did all this work. And then I ended up not doing it. Uh, things just changed. The economy changed. It was like 2008. Things were just, right. you know, it was one of those things. And uh, I said I was going to do it, and I, but I just kind of realized this was not the right time. Right. So I put it aside, and uh, the opportunity came up years later uh, when auction went bankrupt. I kind of thought, okay, I want to do this, but there was, there was an opportunity in the market. And um, Inside Fitness was, in the early days, was kind of unisex. It was both for men and women, which was kind of tricky to do content that way. Uh, so then once we kind of, we, we tested it out. We did a test issue with Inside Fitness on newsstands. Sales were like 49%. It was, it was a grand slam. It wasn't even a home run. Wow. So that, I think with anything, once you find a little bit of success in something, it helps motivate you to go to the next level. Yeah. So in earlier this year, we launched the women's magazine full on. It's bi-monthly. You can get it all over Canada. Uh, you can download it on our website. Um, that's where we're trying to grow. We, we've taken it now to other countries. I mean, I'm really proud of the fact that you know, my team and I and all the people, actually a lot of Canadians, a lot of people all over the place mm -hmm. help build it to where it is now that we're licensing it in Germany, New, uh, Australia, Italy, South Africa. That's that's pretty cool. When someone sent me a photo of the magazine in Australia. That's uh, awesome. I showed it to my parents. It's worldwide. You're worldwide, man. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a big deal. Congratulations. Thank you. So Inside Fitness started, what year was the uh, inaugural year? 2005. It was, uh, yeah. Winter time, 2005, I incorporated. I, I made that decision. I sat at my computer and I just said, okay, I'm going to do this thing. Okay. And then so at the Arnold in 2006, I had a, a magazine printed. It was about 60, 70 pages. Now I look back at it and go, wow, what was I doing? Uh, and I walked around the Arnold and was showing it off to people. And, and uh, people started to believe what we were doing. And I was a big believer at the time. It was a free magazine. But we, we did work with a lot of like heavy hitters like Dr. Jose Antonio, Charles Poliquin. So the content was really good. I think with anything, you know, if you give me something for free, most of the time people just throw it out because they don't actually put the quality into it. One thing that we were really big on was quality, even from day one. And I, I'll be honest with you, I couldn't afford. The first year and a half, I did magazine Saddle Stitch, which is Staples. Mm -hmm. I personally wanted to have that nice, glossy, you know, thick magazine. Mm -hmm. It was kind of hard, you know what I mean? Because I'm handing yeah. this thing out. But, I mean, price is one thing. 
And as soon as we kind of got to that point, I made this investment into uh, building the magazine. And in 2008, we actually almost doubled in size. We grew like 100 pages, like uh, 2008, 2009, actually. Huge. Yeah, and you know, and it was really up to the people. I, I just kind of believe that if you build it, people, yeah. you know, they, they like it. You just keep going in that direction. But I also think at Inside Fitness, we're, we're innovators. We're looking for things that are different. We're always out there trying to see what's the next trend. Like today, right, we were talking right, about right, trends. Right. I'm, I'm really interested to know. Right. That's a perfect segue into, you know, my next series of questions, which is what, what are the differences that you see in the fitness and wellness industry now uh, in 2016 as opposed to when you started in, in 205? Back uh, then, it was very much bodybuilding. It was like typical workouts. The one thing I started to see along the way um, was the strength conditioning side, the functional training sports. That's where I started to get excited because I'm a sports guy. I love watching football, hockey, all of that. And then meeting some of the guys, it really kind of like got me into it. And I, we were early. I was actually kind of surprised. I went up to Montreal to meet Jonathan Chamberg, right. who was training GSP and a whole yeah. bunch of guys. And I'll be honest with you, I went up there and, and John was really nice to me. He was really cool about it. Very serious trainer. And I was kind of surprised that no media was really there. No one was was talking about it. Like none of the guys in the fitness world were there they doing this stuff. It. It's crazy. Yeah, and I just hung out there and watched them, and, and then it kind of just inspired me. So I see that trend. That was one of the trends that that I saw, uh, and being able to merge, you know, like some of my own personal passions into our business was exactly where I wanted to go. So that's one thing I start to see, like the niches where people are getting very specific in their training it's not just about an overall thing they're going for a certain look a certain you know you want to do something right with your performance you want to run faster you want to lift more i want to play better like even if you're playing ball hockey or, or hockey whatever it is if you're a weekend warrior you still want to be at the best yeah no one right? wants to get out there and compete and be embarrassed or not be as good as the next guy i noticed that everyone we know everyone wants to look great a guy messaged me this morning he said hey man if you you do these photo shoots and you're uncomfortable. Why do you do it? Well, the reason why I do it is because I like to do things that make me uncomfortable so I can get better at them. It's no matter what it is, I could care less what it is. People want to look good. We know that. But people also want to perform well. And I think that, that as you said, the community, the industry is drastically changing toward that end as well as the physique that is that most men uh, tr are trying to achieve. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, um, aside from the big, huge bodybuilding, which listen, I appreciate hard work. Those guys work their butts off. Absolutely. But what is the what trend do you see now in regards to the physique that they most aspire to look like? Uh, they want to look like, uh, you know, um, a men's physique type of compared, even a little bit smaller. The guys, they know, you know, what I mean, I think a lot of people now they know that they want to have an attainable look without having to do too many, mm -hmm. you know, different drugs and that mm -hmm. type of stuff. Um, so I think it's more of that kind of slimmed down. Uh, they want to have the biceps, abs. I think everyone always wants to have abs. Of course. Um, yeah. And, and then and now the person I also think we, we were discussing this earlier today. The reader, the uh, the personal training client, the reader, the person who trains in, in your everyday gym, they're educated, man. There's yeah. there's things like Google out there, like people understand what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're there of that interest. They're craving the information. One thing that we, you know, we've noticed too is they want really good information. The internet's good and bad. There's a lot of people out there telling you a lot of different things. And some of the stuff that people tell you is very dangerous. And I wouldn't advise, you know, to do this stuff. One thing I tell you with a magazine, what why we're different is that everything we put out there is vetted. You know, we, we definitely make sure that the content is accurate. We're not just throwing any crap out there. Right. 
um, so I mean that's one thing that's that's really important so that's it that's one thing we always say in the uh, training field qualify the source yeah and we like to work with the experts that's one right. thing like you know myself I always wanted to be around guys who know what the heck they're talking about and I, I I'm pretty picky you know if someone tells me how I'm being around this world I've seen a lot of trainers good ones bad ones a lot of bad ones I was like man I, I wouldn't work out with this guy I, I would have listened to this person but then when you meet the people who know what the heck they're talking about you know what I mean? That that's you need that education. Oh, Trainers yeah. not just there to push you; they, they need to really educate you on your Absolutely. body. And, and everyone is different too, right? Like biceps. There's a million different ways. How do I get my arms yeah. big? You yeah. know what I mean? So I may take something away from what you tell me, someone else, and you have to relate to your relate to yourself. Right? A million percent. Like you know, we, what we preach in, in on the PT side is that in strength and conditioning, science is science. Like this is what science says. And if you don't believe in science, we're gonna probably have a difficult time having a conversation. Yeah. But this is what science says. That being said every person is different they can be on the same type of program with their different things in stacked in within that program and i can help get you or joe to a goal in a very different manner based on what you're giving me in your genetic makeup things are very different and i can't say one-stop shop everyone's getting this i give you guidelines you tell me what you're looking for and I have an intention on how you get how to get you there from A to B in the most yeah. efficient way possible. That's my goal. You, so you shifted uh, to do your own thing. You saw the trends, things changing, and you work with all kinds of athletes. Um, tell me about your experiences with some of these athletes. I mean, you know, the aesthetic people, pro athletes. What's your experience? What has it been like? Ah, oh, man, you know, it's so cool. You know, some days it's just I get to talk to this, you know, uh, Faraz Sahabi who knows, you know, obviously uh, GSP's trainer and all that. And you get to talk to all kinds of different people. So I, I really enjoy that side of it. Um, one of my uh, one of my friends that passed away, he was such a, mo- you know, a motivational guy and, and just talked so real, was legit, was Greg Plitt. Amazing guy. Yeah, we had Amazing guy. many good conversations about, you know, just life in general and being positive. If you want to do something, you go and do it. And, and he was a real deal. You know, Greg really inspired me to do some things that I never thought I could do. You know? oh, he was an incredible guy. A quick Greg Plitt story. So I have to tell you this story because uh, I'm at the Olympia. This is a couple of years before he passed and we all remember, you know, the room you put your luggage in for the day. You have to check out of the hotel. You yeah. put your room, uh, luggage in that room. Well, I remember I never met Greg. I have never met Greg play uh, up until that moment. And we all put our luggage there. And I remember putting my luggage down and I take my bag and I kind of brush this guy and kind of knock him out of the way by accidentally. And he looks up at me and he says, Hey, what's up, Mark? And oh. I never even <laughs> met him. And I knew who he was. And to me, Greg Plitt, is a superstar in this industry and i'm like wow and i heard great things about him and the fact that he knew who i was and the way he said it like he said hey what's up mark but with the way he said it was so personable genuine. and so genuine yeah. and so like hey how's it going yeah i said hey greg how you doing he's like oh i'm doing good i'm doing good and i was thinking i don't even know this guy but i like him yeah you know just by that vibe. interaction yeah a million percent yeah that, that year i bet you that was probably 2012 maybe yeah, maybe we, um we were hanging out at the Olympia. We, we went to go do a photo shoot. And I said, okay, Greg, I said, you know, man, what do, what do you want to do? He's like, ah, oh. he's like, let's, let's, uh, let's go to the desert. And, and I got this whole thing we want to do. So we get in the car and he's videotaping the whole thing. We get out there in this middle of nowhere. And okay, go, what's this workout? You know, like I'm waiting for something like, you know, and I remember he got a shovel out and he starts digging holes. I'm like, what? 
Like, what is this? Like, okay, I mean, <laughs> even holes in the desert? But he did it in such a way that it's like, yeah. man, this guy's like, he, he was out there. He was crazy, yeah, but it was so, yeah. it was cool. We did all these photos out there. It was such a blast. But I just remember, it was like, we're digging holes, man. But it was, <laughs> we had a point. You know, we were, That's we were, wild. We were getting there. I've heard nothing but the most positive things about uh, Greg Plitt, you know, um, yeah, Blessings I've been him, very man. fortunate to work with a lot of guys like Corey Gregory, James Grage, guys who become very successful in what they do and, and they're positive guys. And, you know, I, I can admire anyone who can make, a, you know, a good salary, make a good living without, you know, basically uh, ripping people off or of doing course. this type of stuff. You know? Absolutely. And, it's, and I find that very motivating, you know, working with people yeah. like yourself, too, who, who are very positive and, and motivated to do things. You know, it's not all about money. A lot of people think it's just... You know, money makes a girl. The makes money makes the world go round, but not really, man. I mean, it's we do this because we love it. The money will come, right? Yeah. It sounds like that cliche, but it really, I, I truly believe in that. Right? A lot of truth. I know business is business, but if you don't do what you love, you'll never be successful. I believe yeah. that. I've always believed that. Yeah. So anyone out there who wants to do something, start something. Think of why you want to do it. Is it just to make a dollar, or do you think you make changes or improve yourself? That's right. And and I really do believe you have to surround yourself with the best people. Just like, you know, if you and I play tennis, if you want to be a better tennis player, the only way you're going to become a better tennis player is if you play with someone better than you. I think a lot of sports, if you want to get to that next level, you know, I had a buddy of mine growing up. I'm not the most athletically gifted. Small, I was a lot, much smaller too when I was in high school, but I had a buddy of mine, Mark, and he was a true athlete. This guy, with anything he played, he was a captain of the basketball team, and I was always like third string and all that. But it made me a much better, you know, when I played sports, I was better than, than the other guys because I'd, I'd surround myself with, you know, guys like Mark right. who took me to the next level. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. It's who you surround yourself with as well. That's a huge factor. So that being said, I, this show, The Magnum Method, uh, it's um, basically designed to have people on the show, Terry, that are extraordinary achievers and they want to share their keys to success. And, and you're very much one of those people. So Thank that, you. absolutely, you really are. So the keys to success. So surround yourself with people who are going to help you step up your game and step up your quality of life and help you be uh, raise your standards. What else would you say are a few keys to success that you want people in this industry to, to really, really understand that's how you did it? Because it wasn't easy for you. I think, um, like I said, quality. When you do something, I don't care for sweeping floors. You do it the best way possible. And like in our company, that's that's our goal. You know what I mean? The ego. I always tell people, there's no ego when you come to this office. And we, we I really have a great job because I won't tell you how many people tell me, you know, how great I am, you know, all the time, which is nice. You know, but the ego. I mean, like I say. You have to really, you know, want to do things. Your ego can get in the way in business decisions. Like I said earlier about that magazine I started, my ego was really hurt. I did not want to, like, not do something. But I did learn. I've had a lot of learning lessons over the years where it was like, you know, I got to put quality. I got to do everything I do, the paper, everything, everyone, the people that work with me uh, from our writers, our staff are the best. And, and you just got to be, I think, you have to maintain a very positive outlook. People say that all the time, right? I mean, especially on social media. You and I, we're on Instagram. Every morning I get up, I see you're up at like 5 o'clock, positive, and I know it's not BS. Some people, I think, are in that world where they, they think things are good, and they're not. you got to be real with yourself. You have oh, to yeah. really, you got to know what you're good at. you got to know what you're bad at. And if you're bad at something, you have to work on it. 
A million um, percent. One of my most, uh, the guy, one of the guys I listen to all the time, Eric Thomas, the motivational speaker, he says, everyone wants to be a beast. Everyone's putting up beast mode quotes on yeah. Instagram and social media. He says, everyone wants to beast until it's time to do what beasts are supposed yeah. to do. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, what are you doing to get there, right? Yeah. And people ask, like, I mean, the number one ingredient, I think, to, to anyone who's successful, self-made, is, is hard work. Right, it's really truly hard work. Like you said, you got to get up early. There's people today uh, who who've achieved things, you know, just by being there. You have to get out and do things. You have to get out of the house. You got to move. You got to make some things happen. And Joe told that story. Joe told the story earlier today about one of the um, owner CEOs who you were behind on a Saturday, and he had no, he didn't understand. Tell us that story. You don't even have to mention the guy if you don't want, but tell us the story real quick, Joe, because I thought it was a great story. Well, I uh, I have uh, a habit of going to work on a Saturday. I like to be in the office alone, get some things done, right. you know, get myself centered, and get a workout in. And I'm a morning person, so I went to the office at quarter to six in the morning, and I was driving behind um, a CEO, president of a very large corporation, and it just blew my mind. But it also reinforced, like, it doesn't matter how big you get, that hard work has to keep going and going and it doesn't stop it never stops right never stops that was a great story and when joe we're going to try to keep this a little bit private but when he told me who it was i was very surprised because i knew this guy was a hard worker but the fact that he was up on a saturday at 6 a.m going into work when he does not need the money my friends it's that's the way he lives his life and that's that's what it is and that's where his whole team is and that's the standards that he set for the industry okay so what are some of the other keys to success that you you'd like to mention that were, were so important for you in, in your you know your uh start you know what tenacity uh, a lot of people are going to doubt you you know what i mean if this one thing if you like you said if you believe in that idea you'll you can make that happen um Man, there's so many things. Yeah, you know, like it was hard for you starting out, but you, like you said, tenacity. You had to stick with it, and then like, I'm sure it didn't go smoothly. And then when no. you, you know, the difficult times that you mentioned, like how, how did you have to respond after that? Yeah, I've had a couple instances where it's like you almost want to give up. I mean, listen, I'm not. Gonna, it's not always sun, you know sunshine and roses every day, right? Like not not everything is always great, uh, and I've had some some hurdles, um, and it, you know. You just, I really do believe that if you have a positive mindset, I mean, at the end of the day, what does it really matter? If you have your health, you know what I mean? If, you, if you're good, your family's good, what's wrong? You know, okay, sure, I have to pay extra taxes. I got to do this. Deliveries didn't happen. Man, there's so many things that can go wrong. But if you sit there and you try to absorb the negative, you're not letting the positive in. That's you know, right. I really, and I, this is not, this is not BS. This is something that I truly live by. Yes, every day you get up, you go to work. Some days are better than others. Uh, but I always start. The next day is a fresh day. You know what I mean? So if today was a crappy day. And I didn't do what I wanted to do. Tomorrow, you got to wake up with, with kind of a clean slate and then think, you know, how am I going to get around this? How am I going to do this? I, I, when I first launched the magazine, I tried to get it into a, a retailer and they turned me down. They're like, no. And I was just devastated because I put this thing, this pitch together. I'm like, this is a no brainer, you know, but that they shut me down, but it motivated me to go, okay, how do I get around this? You know, where do I go? How do I do this? And that's one thing I think that if you think enough about it and use your brain, your brain is very, very, very powerful. You just have to use it. A lot of people may not really think of how powerful they can be with their own thoughts, good and bad. If you think bad things, bad things will happen. If you project it, it will happen. You're absolutely right. If you right. think good things, things will happen. You know, like, you know, like, yeah. you know, you could uh, strike out a couple of times and you get up to the bat and boom, you could hit a, a grand slam, a home run. 
but you got to believe in it. You can't right. just think of all the failures, right? Yeah, you notice uh, another uh, extremely positive guy, a guy who's you know has helped me or is responsible for some life for some life changing things in my life. Tony Robbins would always say, you know, you can't say. You know, there's no weeds, there's no weeds, there's no weeds. And you say, wait a minute, there's weeds right there. You got to pull them out. You got to deal with them first. Yeah. And, and he'd also be the same guy that says, if you focus on not hitting the tree, you're going to hit the tree. Yeah. You know, it's, it's where your mind is. And then, as you said, everyone wants to be positive, but can you follow through? And then in between, there's all these immediate action steps that are going to help you do that. And then couple with who you surround yourself with. Because if everyone's trying to yeah. pull you down, everyone's being negative around you, and you're hanging around with them, guess what? You are who the people you surround yourself with. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. It's funny. You know, as I've gotten older, too, the circle gets tighter. You know? I smaller. Mean, yes. Yeah, yeah. Smaller. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not like, you know, when I was 25, 26, I had a lot of, you know, friends and all that. And one thing I did learn, real friends are there the bad times. And, and like I said, I've had good times. And people around you, when, they, when you hit some bad times, you get to see what, what – you know your friends really are who your, your real friends are absolutely so absolutely good point very good point so you know we, we don't have a tons of time here Let, let's talk i know this is uh we're going to segue into the athletes again and who you work with tell me like some of the best people you worked with who's your favorite to work with who's someone that you're like wow i loved working with this person mark magna no okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was good that was good I'll, I'll pay you later. Uh, yeah, but exactly. who who's someone, name, name a, a male and a female athlete that you just really, really enjoyed working with? Man, that's a tough one. We I know there's so many. I know. Few. Oh, you can name a few. Yeah. Um, Some of the personalities. Or just name a person. Yeah, say because Israel Donahue, back in the day, I was mentioning that earlier. He that's was, right. you know, such a cool guy. Came to us back at the time. He was very um, driven. You know, he was playing for Chicago Bears, a Canadian. Playing in the NFL was a big deal. Uh, George St. Pierre, he was he's legit as far as like photo shoots. We, we, we shot him once in Montreal and I won't lie. He, he couldn't really care less of what it was. He just he was a real athlete. But you can right. see like the, that it was inspiring to watch. This guy is like a real the real deal. Right. Right. Um, he's a great fighter. Yeah. I mean, a lot of different hockey players mm -hmm. uh, we, we've been working with. We actually had uh, Pat Patterson in our studio from the Toronto Raptors, right, right. and they did this yoga, uh, yoga thing. That's right, you mentioned really that. Really cool to watch that. And here's a guy who, yeah, he's playing. We watched him last night, Raptors won. It was cool to watch. Sweet. And yeah, was, what about some of the female athletes now that you're working with and you know in the industry? Uh, Trish Stratus, you know, she was... Uh, I remember Trish yeah, Stratus. She was in the uh, pro, pro wrestling as well. For yeah, a bit. pro wrestling. That's a real sport. People think that's fake. One of my buddies, he's uh, Anthony, his stage name is, is Santino in wrestling. Right, right. You know, watching him, I used to joke around. I'm like, this is good fake, you know? And like, no, these guys are actually athletes. They can do, and they have to perform all the time. That. You know, so yeah. working with Trish was really cool. She's... The older she got, the better she got. It was unbelievable. That's cool. Um, Some yeah. of those pro athletes, I mean, those those professional wrestlers, just quickly, when I see someone jump off the rope and do a double flip backwards, I always say, that's not fake. He's yeah. really doing that. Yeah, so they're real. athletes. They're, they're definitely athletes. Well, now that we launched the women's magazine, we're looking to work with more, you know, mm -hmm. female athletes. So, so it's kind of like a brand new area for us. But in the past, it's been a lot of the guys we're working with, so we're really looking forward to seeing what we could do mm -hmm. um, and, and find some good Canadian athletes. And I mean, athletes from all over the world, people who are, who are making changes. Sweet. Okay, so... Uh, to wrap this up quick, what would be some of the well, – just give one tip. Uh, a person that's the young Terry Frendo starting out in the industry, they have big dreams and they want to follow in your footsteps or a young fitness enthusiast, uh, budding fitness model, fitness pro, what would be some advice that you'd want to pass on to them or 
you know, the younger Terry Frendo. Boy, I mean, uh, we've been kind of talking about yeah. it. And it's the one thing I really do believe in is if you have a goal and you really truly believe in it and you believe in yourself that you can do it, you have to go out and do it. You know, you got to wake up early. You got it. Like you just got You have to sacrifice. I don't care what people say. If you don't sacrifice, you just you're not going to get there. You can't take shortcuts. You know what I mean? I, that's the one thing I, I, I you know, I can 100%. say over and over again. It's, it's, it's work hard and it'll pay off and, 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 and stay focused. That's actually a big thing I've learned over the years, especially in magazine publishing. You can go in different directions. There's a lot of things I like to do, but you have to stay focused and disciplined. Mm -hmm. so. Good advice. That's great advice from a guy who's lived it and didn't start out with much and, and built uh, his team and his company up to be something extraordinary and really special. So congrats, Terry. Thank you very much. We just saw our 10, 10 year anniversary. Did that issue. That was really cool. You know, and I, I, I'll, I'll end it with this. I mean, I tell people, and I really do believe this, we just started. We just started 10 years, and the magazine world I still think is, is 10 years, 10 years. It's time, but I, I have so much more I want to do and, and, and you know, bring out uh, in the magazine, and, and I just got so much. So right. we're just starting this thing. We got a lot Oops. more to get. It's going to be done. sweet. I'm very excited for you. The last thing, this takes 60 seconds. is a speed round. I ask quick questions. Just give me a quick oh, answer. Boy. No thought, all right? No thought. Very little thought. Uh -oh. All right? Favorite food? Pizza. Favorite ritual? Ritual. Sometimes it's meditation. Sometimes it's church. Sometimes it's weightlifting. Ooh, oh, man. This is bad. We'll, we'll come back to it. Favorite sports team? Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Favorite athlete? George St. Pierre. Favorite movie of all time? Oh, man. Carlito's Way. Ooh. I was say Gladiator. Between yeah. those two, I like Gladiator. Carlito's Way is one of Both my Both great movies. Yeah. Favorite book? Man, uh, Donnie Deutsch wrote a book years ago. I haven't read it in a while, but that was my favorite. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Favorite TV show? Oh, man. TV show. I was going to say sports. Uh, Entourage. That's a, that was a oh, great show. They should bring it back. Yeah. Favorite type of music? Man, I like everything, but I have to say hip-hop. Nice. Mentor? Mentor. Most influential person on your, in your life? A bit different, but... Ooh. Man, I don't really have one mentor. I couldn't tell one person. You I have an all-star team. That's You're blessed. That's a good thing. We'll skip. Favorite quote? Uh, life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. You never know what you're going to get. Terry, thank you very, very much for making the time. I know you're extremely busy. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Joe. And thank you for making thank the trip. Thank you so much. And I uh, wish you more, even more continued success, man. Thank you Congrats. very much. Appreciate thank you. It.